Good morning and Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We are officially in the 2020 year um, and our evening with medium events are on sale at the website by sarlo.com. Mm-hmm. You can save the date or get your tickets um, for April 24th, August 28th and December 4th. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are roughly 10-minute shows. We do them in a group of five. They appear on the website and patreon.com the first week of every single month. So that very first show is always free, and it can be found at bysarlo.com. The other four remaining shows in the series appear at patreon.com slash bysarlo. And last but not least, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available. Those sessions can be done anywhere in the world via Skype, FaceTime, telephone, or Zoom. You can get in contact with us via the website or directly with our phone numbers, which are listed on the site as well, if you're looking to receive a gift certificate or to book a session. A lot of people ask us if there's any difference between a session when you're in person or doing it long distance anywhere in the world. And for Kelly and I, We're connecting to the spirit world, so it doesn't matter to us whether you're here with us or it's distance. There's no difference in the accuracy or in the type of message or in what we can provide for you. It's identically the same. Mm -hmm. I think the only difference that Mm -hmm. we consistently hear from people is just that they like being in our space, which is a really great compliment, Mm -hmm. Um, that they feel safe and uh, relaxed or calm here. And that's that's fantastic. If you can make it in, great. And if you can't, don't worry about um, not having as good a session. Mm -hmm. Okay, you've got a near and dear topic to your heart. I do. Um, And actually, it was our December blog. So for anyone in our light roast and higher on Patreon, they're reading your blog every month. uh, And you wrote about? I wrote about dancing with dead people. Which you talk about a lot. I do. um, But you wanted to do an entire show on dancing with dead people. I do. Yeah, this this is where I get to indulge myself because I'm the one writing content. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I'm going, I, I do, I want to tell the story. And then I just want to chat with you about it. Just, yeah. I have two. You have danced with dead people too. Yes. So I have two that I can contribute. Oh, I love this. Off the top of my head. Oh, Kelly. It's really neat because I, you know, last year in July, we started recording video. For anyone who's just listening by audio, we're on patreon.com in a visual way. Yeah. Um, That was a huge learning curve. And... I feel like my headspace has got so far into how am I going to edit this? So when I'm listening, I am listening as a genuine, you know, average person who's listening for the first time. But at the same time, my head is going, okay, what clip do I go to? Do I go to her face or our face or my face? And I have a hard time focusing on bringing content to the show um, because so much of what I'm doing is Mm -hmm. the technical work. Uh, So when you said that you wanted to do Dancing with Dead People, I was like, well, okay, what can I do, you know, to, to be more of a voice, I guess. Yeah. I find I chime in more in sips of sanity. Um, but yeah, I've got two. So the guys okay. just said, remember these. Okay. And I do find as I'm getting older, <laughs> which I feel weird saying, um, I am getting more and more like you or my memory is, um, I have a harder time remembering sessions. Yeah. Even immediately after. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a heads up here. Um, sometimes in the session, halfway through it I don't even remember what I've said at the beginning of the session and and maybe people in other fields would say oh my god me too and I'm not even gifted (laughs) 
<laughs> Welcome. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, this is the longer version of the blog, of course. But anyway, here, here it goes. So as, as far as I can clearly remember all of this. Well, and not everyone's read it, right? So Okay, so I'm going, to, I'm going to put other things in that aren't in the blog. So first of all, I have always loved dancing, and my dancing originates with my brother Everett. We danced in our living room to those big old boxed um, record players that were like huge, like they were the size of this desk almost. They were big pieces of furniture where you could put all your records in it. And then you had your turntable. It was like inlaid, right? Yeah. yeah. And you opened the big thing up. Oh, people are going to listen to this, I hope, and, and sit there and go, I had one of those. I remember <laughs> smelling Papa's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Both parents or both sets of your grandparents had these. Mm-hmm. So that's where this originated. I remembered listening to Liberace and wanting to do um, ballroom dancing. And that, because my parents listened to Lawrence Welk and stuff like that. So I really liked the the people who could, you know, take their arms out. out. Yeah, and float around the room. And I remembered looking at the women's dresses and really wanting to be able to wear them. Uh, that did not work out in this lifetime for me. Yet. You've done a lot. You've started a lot of things in your 50s. <laughs> it's true. I have not worn that gown yet. <laughs> However, um, I also remembered looking at the men in their suits and thinking that they were the ones in control. They were the ones that were stepping forward and the women were walking backwards. Mm-hmm. And I just remembered thinking, how did the women do that? How, how do they just literally float backwards and not know where in God's name they're stepping? And don't look fearful. Yeah. So then... That sat with me. Hi, Parker. <laughs> He's putting his toy on my knee. Mm-hmm. So there was there was that part of my childhood. And then, you know, thanks to Colleen Harrington, mm-hmm. <laughs> Colleen Pekarski now, um, uh, we took dance lessons from Jerry Mendocino. Oh. And so there will be people in North Bay listening to this. Well, in many places. Oh, Jer- Jerry's not just North Bay. Oh, yeah. He's been on TV shows. Mm-hmm. So Jerry Mendocino taught my family. Uh, ballroom dancing lessons for my sister Faye's wedding. So then there, like, there are these little spots, and he taught Colleen and I private lessons. So there were these little times in my life where I really dreamed about being a dancer. But I did not have a Barbara Trelevin in my life or any, you know, people that were truly gifted at dancing. All of our, like, international listeners know, like, who's Barbara Trelevin? Well, everybody in North Bay knows. Yes. <laughs> but, um... Well, she was the dance school mm-hmm. to, to, to be at, right? She launched people into professional careers. So and now I know she's your partner's grandmother. Mm-hmm. So this is like, you know, small community. But anyway, so I wanted to dance, but I, mean, I wasn't getting there. And off I went into different things in life. And then I got married. Whoa, can I go back? Oh yeah. One of your one of your favorite memories is one of my favorite stories. And I think people are gonna I hope they're not off put by this, but um the death of your grandmother. Oh my god, Kelly. I love when you tell this story. It just oh. makes me feel Okay. So wonderfully connected simultaneously to both sides. Okay. Well I'll try and remember it properly. You can certainly help me. Um my mamere, my mother's mother. Um, Maria Elizabeth Sabre, 
Faye was the last name when she married Anthony Faye, uh, lived with us um, in her later years. And um, mom and dad went away to a wedding, a cousin's wedding. And my old, one of my older brothers and sisters, there are nine kids in the family. So a couple of my older brothers and sisters were babysitting younger brothers and sisters. And my mare was in the house. So, you know, she was older. She was in her early 80s, I think 82. We had just had dinner one night. And um, my mare asked us to move into the living room uh, where we could dance. So she, somebody put music on. I don't, I shouldn't say she, I really don't know if she did or not. Somebody put music on, and the four youngest kids um, in the family, my brothers and sisters, we got up in the living room, and we just danced all around the living room for our mamere. We were putting on a show, and I, I hope l- lots of listeners can relate to that, mm-hmm. of putting on a show for your grandparents. <laughs> and we were dancing all around, and I remember my older brothers and sisters, I think, were in the kitchen, which was right beside the living room and connected to it, you could see it. They were doing the dishes and cleaning up. When my grandmother stroked in the chair and passed away, and my older, I just remember us, like the younger siblings, like asking her what was wrong, you know, like we couldn't figure it out because she was just slumping into the chair and sliding slowly down the chair. And we could just see that that. She wasn't functioning, but we didn't know what was happening. And I guess our commotion brought in two of my older brothers and sisters who called an ambulance. Well, my mamere passed away. In the chair. In the chair while we were dancing. Mm -hmm. And I think, wow, that is how I want to (laughs) die. Either dancing or witnessing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just think, holy jumping. She was literally just sitting in a chair. She had had a lovely meal with many of her grandchildren that she had been living with for years. And she just literally stroked and crossed over. And I just think how beautiful to be seeing your children dancing around with joy, loving you, trying to put on a show for you because they love you. And that she would just have felt so much love as she crossed over. And and then I think about like the life review, mm. you know, that you have when you pass and it's like, you know, you've got this big full life and then the very last memory yeah. before you exit your body is this. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful. Okay. So then years later, decades later, I was married and one of my sisters-in-law uh, lost her husband to cancer. And, um, I, I, I just absolutely loved my sister-in-law. I, I felt she was like my sister. And one day she called me up and she asked me if I would go dancing with her to the golden age center in Which North Bay. It was a big deal for her. Oh, it was a very big deal. She was, I, I, and I can't speak too much like on her behalf. That's not fair, mm-hmm. but just to sort of give her maybe a little bit of what I thought could be what the process was there was that she wanted to socialize and that she wanted to go, she wanted to go out and have fun and she liked dancing and she wanted to take lessons. So she researched it because she called and initiated it and said, would you come dancing with me to the golden age center? It's a series of lessons. We're going to learn to ballroom dance. And I thought, Oh, I've already done that. I did that with Colleen. I did that with my parents 
and my siblings. But then I thought, yeah, but I don't remember it all and you don't get to practice so often. So go with her and at least you can spend time with her and have fun. I loved her company. I loved who she was. And and this is also maybe being somehow helpful in some way. And geez, Karen, you're going to learn to dance like the guy because I'm going to be her partner. She wanted me to dance with her. So it wasn't just two friends joining and and no. going to have partners there. Oh, no, there were no partners there. Everybody yeah. was partnered. So every time the teacher, and I don't remember his name, I think it was Jim. I'm going to call him Jim in hopes I'm getting the name right. Um, he was fantastic and kind and just a perfect teacher. He would split us up and tell all the women to go to one side and all the men to go to the other. And there would be like 13 men going to one side and Karen. <laughs> and then there would be all of the women and Susan on the other side. <laughs> and he had a female teacher who would be teaching the women and he'd be teaching all of the men and me. And then when we came together, I would be dancing with, with her so that she had her partner and I knew what to do. So I was getting to fulfill my dream, so to speak, of, <laughs> I know that's a version of a dream. <laughs> Somebody says that's a loose version. <laughs> I, I was living that dream. Because you're even further away from the gown now. Oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a suit. <laughs> but I had so much fun with her. We had so many laughs, whether it was just the two of us trying to figure out the steps together, or the fact that in those days, we were the only two females. I would think that today, that's far more normal. Yeah. To have two men or two women, or I don't know, maybe just different combinations, because our society has grown and changed. And, the, and this was over like over 15 years ago. Oh, absolutely. And we're a small northern community. Oh, it's yeah. It's not super progressive here. No, but I mean, it has been. Yes. Yeah. So um, so anyway, we danced. We did our ballroom dancing. And then now I'm going to leave that because that's part, that's part of the memories and part of this, you know, the storyline. And then came this day that I was sitting in the treatment room. And I was doing a session and I called her B because I really don't have a clue what her name is. So I just called her B. Although I think we have other stories about people named B. It's not the same women. We're, it, we're 200 shows deep. <laughs> There's going to be repeats of names. Okay. Somebody's going to send us a list of names. And they're going to be like, great. It's not a Grey's Anatomy character. They're getting creative. <laughs> so B was sitting in the chair and she asked me, you know, what I got about her, um, her partner. And I, he came in the room, his spirit came in. So I went, oh, and I said, are you a dead man? And he goes, yes, I'm dead. And, and, you know, people hear this and they know by now, if they're listening to the shows that we do have to ask the spirits, are you dead or alive? Because we do get both. Or, or in between. And in between. So I said, are you dead or alive? And he goes, I'm dead. So I just asked B, I said, your husband's passed over. This is medium, correct? And she goes, yeah. And what? Parker farted. I know he farted. <laughs> It's horrible. It just came right up. <laughs> oh, you just got okay. it. <laughs> I've been going. sitting in that for like five minutes. Okay. <laughs> okay. And if anybody's watching the video, I tried not to give you <laughs> faces. He's under here. <laughs> Terrible smell. Uh, sorry. So Artie, walk, pardon me, you haven't even said his name yet. 
I don't know what I call him. So I, I call think you call him Arnie. Arnie, Arnie? in the vlog. Okay. okay. So Arnie walked in and he, he comes into the room and he's telling me, well, this is what I was like. And he's describing their personalities. And he starts to, he starts showing me and telling me how he lost his teeth frequently. I laughed so hard when I read that. <laughs> So did I. I, Because I know a lot of your stories before they come out and then I edit them before they go up. And I, I was reading this thinking, oh, I know all of it. And I I think if I had false teeth, they would have come out oh. laughing at that. Okay, good. So anyway, he's showing me in the house, in the treatment room, that he's lost more than one pair of teeth. So I'm like, what? Because he's showing me how he would put them down and then he would walk away and, and, and something would happen to them and they'd go missing. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I'd look someplace else and he'd have his teeth somewhere else. And so I turned to B and I'm like, your husband had a knack of losing his teeth. <laughs> she goes, yes. <laughs> how do you know this? And I'm like, he's showing me what's happening. And she goes, oh. So she, it's like, well, please continue. Yeah. So <clears throat> I turn back to Ernie and he's literally showing me that he's outside and he's taking down trees and he's cutting his wood and that he's got this little wood chipper beside him. I've never seen a wood chipper, but anyway, <laughs> he's got this wood chipper and he's showing me how you throw wood in it and it literally <laughs> just like spits. Yes. And they go into like a million pieces into the chipper. <laughs> And then he shows me how his teeth fall out and they go into the chipper and his teeth are in a million pieces. And then he looks at me like, oh, like, what the fuck do I do now? You can't even, you can't even clean that up or pick that up and bring it in and go, hey, can you fix this? You literally have no teeth. Oh my God, Kelly, I told B this story about the wood chipper and we laughed so hard. I do not even know if I've ever laughed that hard with a client. Like it was super funny. So, do you remember, this is off topic, but loosely related. Do you remember, I remember hearing your, your mom tell us about her father's oh, teeth yeah? and how he cemented them into a house. Yeah, my, a Tony Faye. <laughs> I like to say names because <laughs> North Bay people, or, you know, you could be in Ottawa listening to this and go, I know, to I knew Tony Faye. <laughs> he was, what, building? And he just cemented them into a house. Their house. He was putting like a front porch or something on. Now, I bet you 10 bucks if any of our cousins are listening to this and they know the story better than I do, we're going to get a phone call. Well, you can all look forward to an update then. <laughs> yeah, he cemented his teeth and he had to come in and tell my, he did not want to tell my grandmother mm -hmm. where his teeth were. So he would just say, mm-hmm, 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 <laughs> all through dinner. My mom and her two youngest brothers were dying laughing because they knew what happened to his teeth and they were, they, they were not allowed to say. Right. And my mother or my grandmother um, was going to be mad at him that he'd lost another set of teeth. Anyway. <laughs> so this is, anyway. Back to B. Back to B. So he lost his teeth in the chipper and a done deal. And... This was such a fun affirmation to give her. And he liked it because this was a really kind, not people-pleasing, kind, authentic person. They had such a beautiful relationship. And so then he, he starts showing me the two-step. He starts dancing. And I'm looking at him like, 
like he can do the two step and he's so smooth he's so good at it and I thought oh my god that's beautiful and he goes my wife and I danced a lot in our kitchen after dinner after we did the dishes it, it was something that we chose to do together we would clean up together do the dishes we'd have the music on at the end because we like to talk while we were cleaning up and then we'd have a dance together not every night he says but we did a lot and she misses it and I looked at him and I went oh and like my heart was just like oh my god that's so beautiful and I could feel all of the love he felt for her and it was it was just beautiful to feel it can I can I ask you a question Mm -hmm. and I apologize if I'm jumping because when I read the blog you first talk about the fact that um Arnie danced with you he did. In the treatment room. Yep. So uh, my, my question is, did you physically get up to dance That's with him? That's my next spot. Okay. <laughs> so I got out of my chair okay. and I started dancing with Arnie. And um, I, I don't totally remember if he said dance with me or if that was just me. <laughs> oh, I will dance with him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you really, people who are, are listening to this show know damn well I'd get up and dance with him. Yeah. So I, I remember jumping out of my chair and dancing with him and putting my arms like in a certain way, how I had to lift it because of how he moved around. And I'm dancing all around the treatment room. And there is a table in the treatment room, a massage table for the energy healing but I'm moving all around that and I'm dancing. And then she says to me, you're dancing, you're dancing exactly like Arnie. And I said, yeah, I know. I'm dancing with Arnie. (laughs) I'm enjoying myself. Mm -hmm. And she was just watching me like, just stunned. And I sat, I plunked myself like right back into my chair and sat down. And Arnie says to me, dance with my wife. He says, get up, dance with her, hold her. He's, and I'm like, Oh, so I said to B, I said, Ernie wants me to dance with you. Well, she jumped out of the chair so fast, Kelly. And well, you know me, I jumped out of my chair. (laughs) I'm going to dance twice in one day. Absolutely. So I jumped out of my chair and here I am dancing with B and I'm leading. And I think I'm going back to that time where I'm dancing with my sister-in-law and I know exactly how to be the man and or the male or I don't I don't know how you word that politically correct these days I don't know how to do the leading but I do know how to lead because I had so much practice and I was I just remembered being so grateful for all of the lessons that I had had with my sister-in-law that I was able to do this so well for Ernie Okay, I would like to, I hope this isn't going to ruin anything. I think it's really great that you're crediting the experience, but I know firsthand and from watching you that with or without experience, they would have made you dance the way that they danced. Oh, so yeah. if Arnie happens to be great, then you happen to do it well that day. Yep. But I've seen you get into some bodies of dead and alive people and it ain't pretty. I know. And I know that you can dance better than them, right? Or, and some of them not, but it, like the energy is what shifts it and yeah. that's what dictates whether or not you do it well or aesthetically well yes so I mean there's there's a lot of it that's 
beyond experience and control. Yes. And if people go back into our podcast, this story was about Joe and Bertra. Yeah, I don't know offhand what number that is. There's a full story yep. in there of where I danced at a public event in front of 60 people mm-hmm. that was just like Bertrand's beautiful wife, Joe, mm-hmm. and where I literally did the dance the way she did the dance. And I mean, some people can dance quite well ballroom, but when they're just in their house, just doing a funky yeah. dance, they don't worry about it being proper. They, they just move their body in funny, quirky ways. And sometimes it's to let out the energy. Sometimes it's to make another person laugh. So you're acting corny. You're trying to get a joke. I don't know what, if that was really, truly Joe's dance, but I certainly, according to Bertrand, nailed Joe's dance. Mm-hmm. So in this particular instance, apparently I really nailed Ernie. Oh, that does not sound good. Fuck. That's fine. It's the way the year's going to go, I guess. Okay. (laughs) You know what? And it's great because I'm going to use this in the show, but it's also going to appear in the blooper. Okay. (laughs) Because I think it's equal parts both. Jesus, (laughs) eh? Okay. So we danced. B and I danced. And then we sat down and continued her session she laughed, um, w- thoroughly enjoyed her, the whole session with her. And then there's more in that story. But uh, so I want to explain that after the end of the day, I go into the kitchen. And that's where I do my dancing with all of the dead people. So I choose to celebrate and acknowledge all of the efforts that the spirit world has done for their families and their loved ones. And me. Because all of this affects my life. It, it, it affects it personally, emotionally, physically. If people hear about the synesthesia mm-hmm. and financially, because I make a living doing it, um, it affects my life in every single way. So my way of being grateful back to them and sharing the experience without their family member is just literally to dance with them. And so Arnie and I had a beautiful dance together in the kitchen. And then we were done. So we did the two-step because, you know, I think certain people might want to know what dance. Mm-hmm. So we did the two-step and then I he laughed. And, and people might think, what? You're dancing with dead people. You see them? Oh, yes. If you're just tuning into this show. <laughs> Absolutely. And he laughed. And then I turned around and my dad was standing there. What? I want to make a point, but I don't want to take away from the fact that your dad showed up. Oh, go ahead. I Something that you've mentioned in, in other shows when you've talked about dancing with dead people is that when the client leaves after something like this with Arnie and B, mm-hmm. sometimes the human will say to you, I'm so jealous. And it's so kind and sincere Mm. in that when they had a relationship like that, Mm -hmm. they're recognizing that for an hour or maybe just a half an hour, they're here where you'll stand up and actually dance with them. But they leave then knowing somehow um, or with a vague understanding that you get to hang out with them for the rest of the day and Mm -hmm. that you see them and continue a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And we did a show on how to be less rude to dead people. And one of the things was to dance with them Mm -hmm. and to develop a relationship. And I think 
I can 100% appreciate people leaving feeling jealous um, that you continue to get to dance with their partner or their parent or their sibling or friend, um, but that mm. it's something that they can do too. Yeah. And that it's not a human jealousy of, pardon me, it's not that you have feelings for them or um, like romanticize it. It's not a human no. kind of relationship. And I think that's really important for people to know yeah, okay. because if you yourself haven't lost a loved one and aren't going through this, you might think that that person's jealousy is of another woman dancing with her husband. Right. And it's so not that. No, it isn't. And we consistently say how much we get to actually feel all the love that he had for her. Oh yeah. And, and vice versa. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And that is a love that they, on the other side, want to share with mm -hmm. us, mm -hmm. that they hope all of us will have and find and create. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so your dad walks in. Yeah. So my dad was standing there. Now, for the people who don't know this, my dad, your grandfather, passed away in 2001. So 18 years ago. Really? This is 2019. Oh my God, he did. <laughs> I had the number 11 in my head because it was the year of 9-11. Yes. Oh. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. It, well, almost. February 1st, 2001. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost 19 years. Mm -hmm. So anyway, he was, he was standing there and my dad loved to dance. And we liked dancing together. And when we went to weddings, my dad always came and got me in particular for a polka. Now, personally, I do not like to polka. <laughs> but do I love my father? Yes. So did I like polka dancing with him? Yes. Um, so he came towards me and he said, we're going to do a polka? And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> so I did the polka with my dad all around the kitchen and all around the island and into the dining room and into the living room. I had so much fun. Mm-hmm. So much fun. It was such an experience. And part of the reason that I wanted to bring this up today is to illustrate to people yet again that we have relationships with the other side. That when someone dies in the hospital bed or the car crash or, or whatever, suicide, whatever it is that brought about their death, we still have them. And so many TV shows and movies, here I go bashing, I know, the, the TV world again. It's fine. It's the first. I feel like people are like ready for it. That's okay. Karen does. <laughs> okay. And, and I'm going to bash, or generally speaking, because everybody has different religions, and I want to be very respectful that not all religions do. But there are some religions that say that they're gone, they're off in a better place, they're far, far away, there's a locational place to go, and that someday we will be with them again when we die too. And it's like, what the frig is that? Well, and, and some have this locational thing and also, and also believe that you can still connect with them, but you should wait a full year. Yeah, there's... We've talked about this it's, in lots of shows, yeah. about all of the unhealthy false beliefs. Because once you return to energy, pure form of energy, because we're still in a form of energy, mm -hmm. um, you can be anywhere and everywhere you want to be. There, It's not the same as the human experience. Mm -hmm. I even saw um, 
I think it's on Disney Plus now, uh, the the animated film Coco. And it's so friggin' cute. And it, it's of um, like a Mexican heritage, right? And uh, they really celebrate the Day of the Dead. And it's a really it's a really beautiful concept in how intensely devoted they all are to um, interacting with with the dead people on this day. But what I find laughable is that I've never met a dead person who waits for a particular day, (laughs) you know, and it's like, it it is very well done as a movie and probably, hopefully I would say representing their, their culture, but yeah, never met a dead person that waited to talk. Oh yeah. Or that like was like, oh no, she's in the washroom. I won't bug her. <laughs> you know, like never mind a day. They don't even they don't even wait for a convenient time. Yeah, that's true. Um so the other aspect I wanted to talk about or or wanted just to briefly mention in here is that we have experiences, and I know our listeners already know this, where clients are not nice to us, where they are actually extremely rude. And, Pub- and publicly afterwards. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's so true, too. And so the human can walk out the door and be mean. They could have been mean in the session. They may choose to be mean when they've left the session and go public with it or, you know, whatever it is that they want to do. But no matter how they treat us, the dance for me at the end with their family was something they couldn't take away from me. Mm. They they couldn't take away my relationship with the person who'd crossed over that they wanted to connect to. It That was mine. Mm-hmm. And what I was trying to do in the session was to share it with them. And I was trying to do it openly, not where they ha- they, they're testing me. Mm-hmm. I, if they really understand it, I was already being open to share and to give to them. And I, I want to be clear about something because I don't I don't think you've done a good enough job explaining this last part. Is that what you're talking about is not just the spirits that come in to dance with you as an affirmation for their loved ones. Right. I know for a fact that you have invited every single dead person that you channel each day to come and join you in your kitchen at the end of the day. Yeah. So regardless of what their situation was here on earth, if they could dance or not, if it's any kind of relevant affirmation or not, you invite them to dance with you at the end of your day to celebrate the relationship and to celebrate using the gifts. Yes. It's to celebrate their effort. Well, I would hope yours too. Well, yeah, but I'm, yes, absolutely. I'm just breaking it down, Mm -hmm. saying that the spirit world makes an effort to find us and makes the effort then to give us all of the information through our system so that we can understand that, those messages, to give to their loved one. Mm -hmm. And some humans don't understand the dead person's effort and love. They don't understand the spirit world's effort and love for them. They don't understand our effort and love to be part of the process. They think, huh, we'll see if you're any good. Huh, we'll see if you know what you're doing. I don't believe in this. And and we get that part. Mm-hmm. And so the dance at the end of the day is is saying that's that stuff that the human brought in has gone out the door with them. Mm-hmm. And what is left is the spirits, the spirit world's effort and mine. 
And that's the celebration. And whatever the human got or didn't get or refused or accepted is just for that human to figure out in their own lifetime. I just did what I could. It's like we did our we did our thing and we're high-fiving each other with the dance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ever want to lose that. Yeah. Because it's what feeds me, especially after the abuse of clients, it's what feeds me to being happy, willing, and right back at square one again for the very next person. Mm-hmm. Because I could have four or five of those clients in a day that are not nice and the sixth one show up and I still want to be in the same place of openness for them as much as I did for the, uh, for the other five. And that doesn't change me or the spirit world. Mm-hmm. It, it's taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think too, year after year, we get um, emails here and there, or people come back to see us for another session and they say, I dance in my kitchen now. Mm. Now I make it part of my routine in whatever mm-hmm. way they choose or is convenient to actually make an effort to dance with their loved ones. Um, and I think it has become a tool for a lot of people oh, as well. I love that. I, and I mean a tool in love. Yeah. See, Kelly, like this is where. We do a show like this, and I wish I could say to people, please share the show, let it go viral or whatever it's called. Because if something so beautiful and so loving and so healthy could go viral, as opposed to some of the stuff that's out there, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying everything doesn't deserve it, but I I wish healthy things could go viral Mm -hmm. so that healthy beliefs could, and so that some of the unhealthy beliefs could be questioned. And for the people who are ready to step into something healthy, they could. Cool. Yeah. Is that the day then? That's the day. Okay. Well, it's thank just you. about time to head into my kitchen. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, please email us at info at Um, Your questions are what help us generate content for the shows. So we, we personally um, read through every single email and not just one of us, but both of us mm-hmm. typically back to back in our office setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so please keep them coming. Um, nothing is ever too small or too big. Uh, sometimes it just is an offshoot and helps us kind of brainstorm even more. And then also to say thank you to everyone for listening. If you're just tuning in by audio today, thank you so much for your interest. Um, And if you Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to and feel comfortable to, please share. Um, That is the one of the best forms of flattery that we can accept from you at this point. Um, And then if you're listening and watching on Patreon and you've joined us there, thank you so much for your financial support. It means the absolute uh, world to us. You can join us on Patreon at any point in time. Patreon.com slash Bysarlo is how to find us. And you can move up and down in the tiers according to your interests, according to your financial situation. Um, and, and that can be something that changes all the time if you need it to. Thank you for listening. And we have a brand new episode out next Saturday morning.